0: Hello, Barry Wimbled here with another episode to help you get a better handle on life. talking today to Rick Goff, who's come up with a brilliant idea, which I think it's worth sharing with my uh, wide listenership. Rick and I have collaborated on a few ideas over the years. He's a former neighbour and a friend of mine. Rick came up with this idea of declutter your work, a very clever idea. I'll let Rick give you the details. Can you tell me, Rick, something about, well, first of all, hello. and uh, Welcome. Thanks for coming along. Um, Can you give me a sort of a thumbnail sketch of what led you to come up with this idea?
1: Uh, My daughter had recommended watching this uh, TV series called um, Marie Kondo and Decluttering. Quite a gripping show. And I thought, well, okay, well, let let me give that a go. And so I actually went through all of my clothes um, and put them all on the bed, everything I owned. Um, was kind of horrified by the amount of clothes I had.
0: I, I, I was struck by, in your presentation, 42 shirts. 42
1: shirts, yes.
0: Now, as somebody who likes shirts and have come in for a, for a fair degree of flat in my own home, I have to say, Rick, 42. <laughs> 42 acting a living shirts. That really is something. You well, know. We've
1: got seasons and, and we've got uh, different subcategories in there, haven't we? So we've got work shirts and we've got sort of going out shirts and relaxing shirts and and summer shirts and
0: you and of course you've got a notable <laughs> collection of Hawaiian shirts. So I remember we were kind of in competition about that for a time.
1: But I, I think this is the problem. No but that's part of the problem Barry isn't it is that it's, it's you without realizing it it's hard to let go sometimes isn't it and I and I think you need you need a shock event to say oh, gosh that is a lot and, and, and actually what, what happens if I do enough uh, um, and I need to, I need to change because otherwise what's going to happen? I'm going to drown in shirts.
0: So hence decluttering. But could you can I just rewind a little bit for people who don't know about Mary Kondo, because she's a, a, a YouTube star. She's Uh, probably on I think she is on Netflix now and actually guys if you haven't listened if you haven't watched Marie Kondo uh, personally uh, I found it quite seductive I binged on it as soon as Rick told me about it I already knew about her but I never really got immersed in it so her her thing is she's got six principles for decluttering your home that's basically it isn't it and you you took her stuff and you ran with it so we got to 42 shirts
1: (laughs) Thank you. Yes. So okay. I kind of like stood back in horror. I thought, Gosh, I hope nobody walks in to see my mountain of clothes. And then essentially, you go through item by item, evaluating that item of clothing, and maybe reliving some of the memories of why that bit of curry stain is down the front of that shirt, and why am I keeping it? And realizing that you know my kind of crazy system of of ranking the 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 value each shirt gives to me from kind of best going out which very rarely gets used because you're saving it for best to kind of gardening and guarding and decorating kind of right at the bottom of the pile so you kind of got these varying things in between but like you say you know 42 is just excessive and so you go through which one and say look i've been keeping this and i'm never going to wear it again you say thank you and you discard it and you either discard it is it is it something else somebody else could wear or actually it's so threadbare and horrible it's gonna have to be used as rags in the garden or something. So I really it didn't take as long as I thought and actually really rewarding. And I stood back at the end and and even now, you know, a year or so on, when I go into my wardrobe, I can actually see what I've got and I don't continue to grow the collection. I've made a rule to myself one in, one out. So if I if I do if I can for some reason justify a new shirt, then I have to get rid of an a one to make room for it. OK, well,
0: I had a version of that some years ago when we downsized, which was one in two. <laughs> oh, now. gosh. Um, yeah, it's pretty tough, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me tell you. But but the interesting thing was, uh, you know, I got hooked into Marie Kondo's stuff. I didn't do the whole system, but I was very taken with her cuteness and her sweetness. And once I got my head around it, actually, it did inspire me to start to think differently about the space. I live and work in. And she came up with this notion of does it spark joy? Which personally I've had a little bit of difficulty with, but thanks to you, Rick, you explained that to me. And then I watched her and I understood. Because, you know, um, well, I got it. And I think it's probably a concept that doesn't translate into English. We've got does it spark joy? But Japanese have probably got some hugely evocative. Phrase like "huga" in Danish or something that that really sparks something else in them, like they have forest bathing, and they have a special word for that for walking through the woods, you know. And I guess it's one of those words that doesn't maybe translate as well. But anyway, uh, it has to be said this was during lockdown, wasn't it? That you started all this. yes,
1: that was very early lockdown, and I, like I as I was really pleased with the result, and and so much so I was I started to crow about it and was telling colleagues about it. And I found myself talking to this one lady and saying, look, have you heard of Mary? Oh, yeah, yeah I watched Marie Kondo, blah, 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 And I said, look, the results are fantastic, and I really managed to clear out loads of stuff. And I feel so much healthier about it. I'm so much happier about it. And I don't know, I can't understand why, but it's given me so much joy. And she said, oh, if only you could do that to your work. And I thought, oh. Oh my goodness what a fantastic idea that's a really good thing so then i kind of ruminated on on well how could i do it to my work what sort of things do i do and i don't know about you barry but sometimes as time goes on you know work volume ebbs and flows doesn't it so you have really peak busy times and other times not so much so and and i kind of realized that you know i get very stressed and uptight and um When things are crowding in on me, and and I then start to lose efficiency because I'm actually not being very productive, and I start to spin my wheels. And so, you then kind of say, Hang on a sec, stop, take a breath, go back to basics, you know, at least write yourself a list of stuff you have to do. Um, And that's immediately calming, isn't it? Because then you can say, Okay, right, well, let me pick the easiest stuff (laughs) and leave the hard stuff. But at least you've got a list of
0: stuff. I think I think the idea of lists is very important because it gives you an immediate sense of control. Mm. You're doing something. And actually, you know, when we translate it, I mean I find this in therapy with people, once you put things into a concrete kind of an agenda, they don't have to do anything with it, but it's it's the first step. And it's it's a sense of mastery without having done much yeah I think
1: part of the stress is worrying that you're going to forget something so if you've if you've delegated that stress onto a list then you don't have to worry about it anymore and and uh, but I think that having that clutter of trying to carry so many things around you in a head um stops you being effective and stops you being so active and then I kind of got to look at that and think hang on a sec I've got a list in my notebook. I've got a list of a few things on my head. I've got a couple of things on a post-it note, I've got a bunch of emails and I'm kind of actually being quite disorganized the way I'm trying to manage that. And actually that's quite a cluttered way of doing things. And then you kind of look at your physical space and you think, well, there's a load of books on my desk that I'm probably never gonna read. Uh, but every time I see them, I feel a bit guilty. And actually, so that's clutter, and then you kind of so it, it, I kind of started to formulate these ideas of what what is clutter in a workspace. So is it the the efficiency and the way you work about it? Is it your physical space? You know what what does clutter mean? And I, and I guess that's when I started to jot some ideas down, thinking I think this would be a really good idea to be able to apply these techniques in a work way, which for me to learn to kind of keep my work anxieties and stress lower make me more efficient and if I can get some of the happiness and joy that I got out of from sorting out my shirts and apply that to my work life well that's got to be a win for everybody and let's if that does work for me then let's share that with other people and hopefully they can get something from it
0: and have you found happiness and joy as a result
1: <laughs> I think that's we're always searching for that aren't we? but I think that um, I have used the technique in a number of different places. So, um, for example, going back, and I don't want this to be all about me <laughs> exposing all of my inefficiencies of the way I worked, but I think that we, we're doing a lot more stuff on Zoom and, um, you know, sort of looking at that. And so a lot of people share their desktops and you say, okay, have you got a copy of this procedure and they go oh let me just show you that and you could look at their filing system in awe and you think goodness me that's really logical isn't it of how you filed everything and sometimes the way I filed documents was a bit haphazard and you kind of say well do I do I navigate to something or do I end up searching for something and the reason why I'm searching for it is actually I've stored it in a very bad way maybe my filing convention is my naming convention my files is bad or something like that and I'm having to find it the whole time. Whereas actually if I just put a bit of thought and structure and applied that rigorously, so much so that it just becomes second nature, that I can actually go straight to the document I need very quickly. And it's so much easier and quicker and you actually feel quite proud of the way you're doing it. So the person who I saw who their filing system was really neat and tidy have replicated that in my own way um, because obviously not all filing systems suit everybody but um, because I'm a lot less cluttered and a lot more structured and thoughtful about it that's a one way and a good example of how I've applied this technique.
0: Okay so well first of all I think you you said you didn't want it all to be about exposing your points your negative points in terms of disorganization or whatever but actually you've just described my daily work routine of searching for files that I wrote 10 years ago and you know I'm sure I've got it somewhere and and all of that so I don't think you're alone there and I think that'll resonate with a lot of people but the thing that's going through my mind the kind of devil's, devil's advocate question is Yeah, well, that's all well and good, but you can spend more time organising yourself than you can getting any work done. And I can can see that a lot of people would be quaking at the idea of, oh my God, have I got to look through all this lot and start trying to organise it? Because most of us have tried for a long time anyway, but you've come up with this concept of decluttering. So where does somebody start? And before you answer, can we... I mean, that presumably there are a number of ways. Now, remember from your presentation, there's kind of your headspace, what's going on in your head, what's going on in your physical environment, and what's going on in what other space would there be? I guess your virtual space or your your kind of, whether it's a real filing cabinet or a virtual filing system, it's the archive, so to, so to speak. Is, yeah. that, is that fair to say? Yeah, I, I think... So where does where does somebody start? Tomorrow, they think this is a great idea, but they, we haven't really described it to them in a way they can do it yet. So where do they start with, yeah, I think there's something about what Rick's saying sounds intelligent and interesting. So how can I use that in
1: my life? Where should they start? I think it's a really good question, Barry. I think that the fact is you don't have to do it all at once um when you for example when you and it's a lockdown thing maybe but when you start a jigsaw you don't start with the whole sky do you you may want to find the corners or the edges first or you may want to find all the yellow bits for the yellow boat in the middle and then focus on that and that will then give you the confidence or excitement to then go on and do other things so for me the the very very simple one that i started with was i was quite guilty of dumping stuff onto my desktop putting things a file on my desktop because actually that's something i use quite a lot and it's a very quick and kind of shortcut way of finding stuff which is good very temporarily but anyway six months later there's another version of that file and you don't necessarily go back and do the housekeeping and your desktop gets covered in icons so it was very easy and actually uh, something I spent maybe an hour doing, but just going through, evaluating each of those icons, saying, do I still need it? Can I, I, I archive it in a nice order in a right folder, but can I archive that and, and put it somewhere else? And actually the ones, can I move the icons around my desktop so that actually they're in a logical order? And again, kind of using the same thing as you do with a shirt, you going to add something under the desktop now. Think about, is there something you should take off? So if I've got a newer version of a set of standards that I'm using, we'll get rid of the old one so that you're not actually going to send somebody the old one by mistake or open that up by mistake if you're in a hurry. So this is now a habit of mine that I can use by uh, saying this one in, one out type thing. But I think starting small, something that's achievable and you can stand back and start enjoying the success. I think, you know, when we talked about Spark and Joy, you have to kind of realize, that, say, okay, well, I know this is a work thing and and officially we're not supposed to enjoy our work, but we don't just do it for the money. There is, there is other reasons why we work. And so if you can kind of take a sense of pride in looking at your desktop and saying, gosh, that's quite smart now and quite ordered and I can see what I need to and I could find what I want to quite quickly. And if I can do that, well, then, then let me tackle something else.
0: So one thing at a time, you'd say. Take
1: your time. Don't try and do everything at once. But I think you'll find well, I found it was quite infectious. Once you've done one, you'll want to go and do more.
0: Okay, so break it down. Don't 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 see the big picture, see the detail. Go for something you can control that you can fix and do that. You're talking about your desktop on your computer, but I guess that could apply to your literal yeah. desktop, your work area. Uh, where you sit. I mean, I know that in my small office, which is about, um, I don't know, 12, 10 by 6, it's a very, very small room. Suits me fine. Everything's within reach. Um, but if I don't do the housekeeping every week or two, you know, piles of things mount up. And psychologically, I'm much better when I walk into a clean space. And I understand that as, as a therapist and as somebody who helps people organize their lives and their. their their relationships and so forth but I know the therapeutic value of cleaning up now and again um, when you do it purposefully when you do it with intent which is what you're talking about here you're not just saying oh well it'll look nice on my computer you're actually saying I've chosen to do something about getting this in order and then you can stand back and look at it and think yeah that looks good that looks uh, visually it's, it's part of it but also it works better for me And then you're saying, and then there would be um, that kind of has a knock on effect that you feel, oh, you feel good about that. So you want to do more of the
1: same. Absolutely. And I think that if somebody comes into your office and looks at your desk and sees it covered in piles of different paper, uh, coffee mugs and things like that. What does that tell them about your you? What assumptions are they making about you and how you are? And how good you would be able to complete that task on time for them. Uh, I don't think it's probably a good one compared to somebody who's ordered and clean and tidy. So I think it does say something about it. And I think when you approach your desk, if it's clean and tidy and structured, then you're gonna be calmer when you approach it rather than it being a, a reflection of your mind at the time. Right. And I think you so when, you know, and that, that's kind of reflected in some brands as well you know if you look at something that's clean and tidy say apple um and how what when you say when you think of the apple brand how do you think of that in your mind you think of kind of clean surfaces and everything else that's decluttered in a brand isn't it when you think of that and it's kind of applying that visualizing what that means to your own environment
0: but i have i have a couple of um bones to pick with that in a way because I mean yes I can I could see this but what about people who for example don't work in an office or uh, maybe they maybe they they you know maybe they are itinerant maybe they're a sales manager and they have to go all over the country or they're an agricultural worker and they have to keep their tools clean or whatever I mean would the same principles apply do you think?
1: I think that removing noise and clutter to reduce your time searching for things or getting lost in things or um, not being able to sit down and enjoy uh, what's in front of you and be able to find you and having a sense of, can I say, pride in in what you've got Mm -hmm. uh, in the order. Once you've tried it, it becomes quite something you want to do more of. And what about
0: people who pride themselves on their sense of disorder or chaos? Because I'm sure you've met some, I certainly have.
1: I know, but if it's inherent in somebody, if they say, okay, well, I'm just naturally, uh, uh, you know, I find it wherever I left it. Um, I'm not saying that, okay, if if that's how you've always been, and if that works for you, then do you know what, maybe it's not worth changing. But I'm just saying, well, give it a go, just try some of these things, because maybe you have been doing that for a long way, but maybe deep down it has been causing some some distress or um, inefficiency and if you try doing it in a different way and it brings joy then that's a good thing so
0: to kind of recap so far Mary Kondo's ideas she's got six principles which you took and translated into do it in your workplace and her principles are for those who don't know them commit to the process of tidying up decide that it's worth doing imagine your ideal lifestyle or I guess would be working style in this case and the interesting thing is she says finish discarding first do it by category, not by location. So in other words in your your example of the shirts, for example, you would tidy up all the shirts if somewhere in the kitchen, although I don't know why they would be, but if you keep shirts in the kitchen in the larder, you'd do those you wouldn't do Bedroom, living room, kitchen, you do shirts throughout. And same with your workspace, you do all the files first. And then maybe if you're a graphic artist, you do your images next. And then you do maybe hygiene in your space next, cleaning up and that sort of thing. Is that? Absolutely. Is that and then she's got follow in the right order. Well, presumably the right order is her order, yeah. which is, uh, you know, category, not, uh, not location. And ask yourself if it sparks joy. So when you come to an item and you've got that problem and you use the example of your shirts, but it might be that knickknack you've got on your desk or it might be that file. I tell you, I've got a PDF of a book on my desktop that I simply haven't filed it because I don't know where to put it. I want to read it. But do I put it in my Kindle? Well, I don't know how to do that because it's a PDF. I can look it up and find out. Do I keep it somewhere else? I'm afraid of losing it. So so I've put it off. But actually, every few days, I spend a minute or two thinking about it, and it breaks my flow of thought. So I, after this, I'm going to do something with it today. That's a commitment. But, you know, you follow these six principles. This is what I'm saying. You break it down. You start small. You control the bits you can And you watch it grow from there. But the overall thing that grabs me about it is, it is the commitment. It is something, it's a project you undertake to do, not because you need to tidy up, not because it's morally better to be tidy, but because it's helping you improve yourself.
1: Absolutely. I I think that the story about your uh, file on your desktop and it not being open, but your fear of filing it Meaning you never really will pick it up, you know. So that's that's it, and that's gone. And I and I think if you follow that through, so so that Covey's um, book on management principles. Well, it's on my desk because I really should use it. But if it's been there six months, three months, and you haven't used it, there's a reason why you're not reading, isn't there? YouTube, Facebook, whatever is more important to you at that time. That's a rather than tackling reading that book. So it does it cause you stress, you know? uh it being there and you 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 feeling guilty like you say you you, you kind of i i when i went through and cleaned up my do- desktop i've got a file on there which is called saying no and there's there's a bunch of principles and a technique uh because i find it hard to say no and that's a, sorry that's a completely different course but maybe we'll talk about that some other time but i've got that there and that's my break glass if i need it grab that um and i couldn't file that because i needed that um i haven't touched it barry in two years but i know where it is uh and i can grab it quickly so that kind of broke my rule that you know if you haven't worn that shirt in six months then clearly it's not a favorite so get rid of it but that, for me there's a justification for keeping it so whilst i've just completely trashed all of mary's rules I think you have to kind of interpret it for yourself and say, you know, this is as far as my comfort level will go. Um, I'm very happy with the results. I know what I've got. um, And I'm good with that.
0: Well, I think one of the things that was going through my mind, you know, I'm, as you know, an avid collector of books, but... Um, I don't collect books for book's sake it's not because I want to have a nice row of books on the shelf Mm -hmm. it's because I use them so so the book I've got on my desktop it's merely the format that is wrong but now I've got to decide how and where to file it but I will use it and by the way it's a book on gratitude and, and it fits in with another project which I shall be doing but I'm not doing it yet And that's the problem. If I leave things lying around, I've got less chance of finding them than if I actually open a file that says gratitude research, say, and routinely put everything in it. Then that's going to be the place I'll go to when I start that uh, article or that book or whatever I'm going to be writing, that training course. So far, so good. And so my question is, how do you sell this idea on the basis of what we said today? Because you've actually delivered this to some groups of people. You've used this in a large multinational, haven't you? And it's it's gone down well.
1: Yes. I, I Immediately when I ran it, within half an hour, one of the colleagues, who I don't know that well, sent me an email before I'd sent out any feedback request saying, Rick, I applied this to my desk, uh, which has been an absolute mess for two years and I'm really happy with the results and it's so much better and I feel happier as a result. And I thought, wow, that's fantastic. So that was a physical space. They, th- that's feedback about a physical
0: space. Yeah. And have you got any feedback about uh, a mental space, for example?
1: Well, I, we talked about ways of working, and, and I, was, I was writing things down. And I don't know about you, so I've got a kind of nice little notebook. I've still got the notebook. And I was kind of like somebody would say, oh, who's that person we need to talk to about X, Y, and Z? And I go, oh, hang on a sec, I wrote that down. And it's quite old fashioned to write stuff down now, but I'd find myself flicking through pages and pages and pages. But I've changed. I use one system now and I'm rigorous about it, which allows me to search and it allows me to kind of tag things appropriately. And it's so much better for me. And I'm so easy to find what I need. It's all tidy. It's all got the dates and times on it. And it's, it's even got the functionality to put electronic tick next to the thing I've done. So, which is so satisfying when you actually finished that task. That was a, a very simple thing to say, no, be rigorous, just take the time to move over to one system. And so now I haven't got to think about well, where is that name because I know where it is and they're always only ever in that place now. So that's a lot, lot simpler.
0: Okay, so what I'm what I'm hearing is really that you start with a commitment and that was sparked in this case by Mary Kondo and her six principles and blah, blah, blah. You applied it in your own life. Then you came up with the work concept. Yeah. It seems to me that what you have done and what those you've coached in it have done is that, first of all, you stick at it. You see this as a project, not just this isn't just it's Monday morning, so I'm going to clear up a bit. This is me tidying up a corner of my life that is really going to benefit me. And you stick with it and you do things in a certain order and out of that because it was purposeful you've got systems that work for you yeah the the next thing which i think a lot of people might struggle with is yeah but you how do you make it a habit you you say it's rigorous you're absolutely rigorous about it how what made you rigorous when you weren't before
1: i think that's the key isn't it is we've all done things as a one off like people go off on a diet or, or whatever, and you know, kind of oh lost lots of weight and then you know forget about it. So it, making it sticky, isn't it? And that's the key difference. There's a couple of ways I kind of done about it. So for example, that one in one out. So I've got a rule with the shirts, one in one out. And the same as my desktop. I can't, if I'm putting a new standard on there, take the old one off. And it, it just becomes second nature. And you kind of think, okay, hang on a sec. Let let me do that. Taking pleasure in the fact to keep it tidy is also a very simple thing is just re- giving yourself a pat on the back to saying i'm maintaining this i'm continuing this is just isn't just a one off bit of satisfaction this is an ongoing sense of pride in the way that you've got stuff organized and how much easier you've made your life and i think that once you've got something working then it's easy to kind of extrapolate on that
0: it occurs to me too that what you're talking about is Something which is missing from work. We live in a very techno rational world. Everything's electronic, everything's on computers. Ever since the sort of industrial, the post industrial revolution, when, when manufacturers and others learned to break down things into individual tasks, you, you do a section of a section of a section. You never see the finished article. So, so, what we don't get from our work these days is the joy or the pleasure of standing back and saying, I made that at the end of each working day. A hundred years ago, almost certainly, whether it was a page of script you'd written by longhand in longhand, or a, or a, a field you'd ploughed, or a, um, if you were a doctor, you know, you'd have seen the results of your work in your patients. Um, increasingly, with specialisation, people do bits of tasks now, and nobody really sees the final result of the, the, the of their efforts. Whereas what you're saying is right. If I go into work purposefully and I think logically about this, and I plan this and I organise this, I may not see the reports I've written or the you know the the results are out there in cyberspace of the work that I'm throwing into the general melting pot of the workplace. But what I do see is what I've done with my own hands and my own mind, for my own working working area, my own workspace, whether it's psychological or physical. Is that a fair comment,
1: would you say? Absolutely. And I think just that, you know, the way I kind of look at some of these things is you're going through life, you've got a rucksack on your back full of stones. And I think that if you can take a few stones out and make it lighter, then you're going to walk freer and easier and stand up taller. Working in an unstructured way or in clutter or of any type is adding unnecessary stones to that backpack on your life
0: it occurs to me that that's a really nice way of conceptualizing this and that juxtaposed with the end of lockdown which we're experiencing in the UK supposedly you know if we don't go back into another one if all goes well but either way we've all had extended periods of oversimplified life and that hasn't gone down well with people but what a lot of people have mentioned is Relative simplicity compared with what it was like before. So they've emptied the rucksack. It's been emptied of necessity in some ways. And while that hasn't always been good, uh, there have without doubt been benefits. So then now might be a really good time to think okay, I'm going back into the workspace, you know, whatever it is. How do I apply these ideas? How do I declutter? I go back fresh and clean and start again. you know, this is day one of my new way of looking at my work and how I do it, where I do it, how
1: I think about it. Absolutely. And, and even pencil in a half-hour meeting on a Friday afternoon where you take time out and assess where you are, assess how the week's gone, assess what clutter you've created and think, could I do anything about that next week? Could I work in a different way to reduce that or, or stop that building up? because it does build up. That's the point, isn't it? Like the shirt collection.
0: I really like that idea because actually that chimes well with the idea of um, a lot, lots of things, again, that I do in my work. For example, you finish the week before you go into the weekend. You know, you shut down the weekend, you shut down for the weekend. You don't kind of just drift off into end of Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, and then back to work on Monday. You actually segment your week and make the mental note that you've Right. I've stopped work now. I've tidied up. I've put my tools away. I've done this. I've done that. And now it's me time. Now it's the weekend or family time or whatever. Finally, what do you think would be the sales pitch? What are the selling points of this idea? I mean, less stress. Yes. More organisation.
1: I I think, you know, uh, I think I said in there, seeing the wood for the trees, you know, you can actually because things are orderly now because things are in a better state of, uh, reduced chaos. I can relax more. And, and the more relaxed you are, the more naturally efficient you are. And I think that comes across on a, on the interactions you have either through email, through the, the phone or whatever, if you're in a relaxed state of mode, and I think people warm to relax people more than they do stress people. So I think if you can have an environment that's tidier, ordered, more sensible, then that is going to flow out and that is going to make you a happy, healthy person throughout your life.
0: As I listen to you speaking and, uh, you know, we're on Skype as we do this, as I watch you, I see that I don't think it's arguable that actually it increases confidence. You seem very confident in yourself about this concept and this idea, very comfortable with it. And it's Friday afternoon now when we're talking about this. You know, (laughs) A lot of people would be scrabbling to finish off for the week and you're chilled. And I know you have a high-powered, busy job, and you're always working, um, in my experience of knowing you. So so here you are, and we're able to spend the time doing this in a very relaxed and comfortable way.
1: Absolutely. I've really enjoyed it. It's been really nice to talk to you about this. And it's really nice to think, okay, the things I've gained from it, if everybody else can pick up one or two things that um, they can use some of these techniques, that would be great.
0: And if you want to know more about the principles of Marie Kondo's work, then, then watch, catch up with her on YouTube and watch that, uh, or on Netflix indeed, and you'll, you'll quickly grab it. And there's one final point I'd love to, I must mention, because it really touched my heart when I saw her do it, is that she treats possessions a bit like some indigenous people treat the environment or you know she gives thanks to the thing before she throws it away she acknowledges it's part in her life the part it has played Uh, the curry stain that you mentioned down the front of the shirt you know she acknowledges that special moment and then bins it or takes it to the charity shop or recycles it or whatever and and I think this ritualistic approach to decluttering is a spiritual journey as well as a practical one if you treat it right. So thank you very much Rick. I've really been it's really been enjoyable. Okay. Excellent. Thank you very much for your time. It's been nice to meet you. And I look forward to speaking to Rick again in the not too distant future, I hope. For now, it's me Barry Wimbolt saying over to you and over and out. Goodbye.